Welcome to Your Ink Story, a podcast exploring what humans have in common through the stories behind the body art folks wear. I'm your host, Andy Lyons, and I hope these ink-spirational short stories sharing the heart behind tattoos fascinate you and leave you feeling more meaningfully connected to humanity. This is Season 1, Episode 6, and we're chatting with award-winning educator Dr. Jay Williams. With almost his entire body adorned in ink, Dr. J reminds us that tattoos are not simply marks on the skin. They are powerful forms of art, telling a story of cultural heritage, personal passions, and significant moments. Welcome to your ink story, Dr. J. I am so delighted you're here to share your ink stories. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Dr. J., Before we get started talking about your tattoo stories, would you please let folks know how you glow in the world, especially how you are inspiring college students to be lifelong learners? Yeah, so I come from the film world. Storytelling is a big passion of mine and storytelling in a lot of different facets, whether that be in film, whether that be in poetry, literary works, visual works, et cetera. And in the process of working with other artists and creatives, I stumbled upon uh, an amazing opportunity to uh, teach students how to make films who are visually impaired. And that was my introduction to what I call my calling. I was working at this amazing institution called Perkins School for the Blind, and we were preparing for their gala. And I was asked to have the students who happened to be taking visual arts class, help them tell their own stories for this gala. Mind you, I had never taught before. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to teach these young people how to make a film. And I fell in love with it. Like I had so much fun. It was so rewarding, so fulfilling. Thinking of creative ways on how to explain how to make a movie with someone who can't see. And some of which who who couldn't hear as well. And so I had to really think outside of the box. And that was my introduction to education. And ever since then, that was back in 2010. And ever since then, I've been incredibly passionate about education, working with young people and supporting uh, social justice initiatives within that. And so that's how I glow in the world. I want to inspire students to be curious. And I think if I can do anything in my work, if I can inspire someone to be curious, to go down that rabbit hole, to be uncomfortable, to find out answers and truth, then my job is done. Oh my gosh. I know you've touched me with that story alone. And listeners, you can click the link in the show notes that will take you to the guest information for Dr. J. So you can learn about what film, creating film when you are visually impaired and Lack of hearing, low hearing, low vision, no vision. This is amazing and extraordinary work. So I just want to thank you for that and for your calling to inspire college students and be an educator. We need more folks like you educating out there. And I see you have a doctor before your name. Did you go on to get more education? I did. I finished up my doctorate program last year, actually, at Northeastern, and my focus was higher education and organizational leadership. And my research really just looked at Hollywood and the lack of diversity we see in Hollywood and in mainstream media, period, and how to reverse engineer that and actually see the pipeline or the barriers that higher education 
particularly predominantly white institutions, the role that they play and what we see or not see in Hollywood, particularly those institutions that are arts-based, right? So those institutions that have film programs, that have writing programs, that have theater programs, performing art, music programs. Those are the institutions who have raised their hand and say, hey, we are going to cultivate and nurture the next generation of storytellers. So my research focused on those types of institutions and hold their feet to the fire and say, what are you doing as an institution to support students on the margins? And how does that then impact their career trajectory? It's so important that we bring voice to all aspects Mm -hmm. of our lives, but especially in the arts and especially when we have accessibility challenges, right? Dr. J, let's talk about your tattoo stories. Let's begin with your origin story. Tell us why you've got the first tattoo and then what inspired you to continue on your body? Because folks, we have a canvas of beautiful artwork here on Dr. J's body. (laughs) Uh, Well, my origin story was very close in your and dear to my heart, sad in, in, in some ways, but liberating in others. So when I, I got my tattoos very early before it was <laughs> technically legal, I got my first tattoo at 16. And the reason being is that my best friend at the time had passed away. We were in a summer league basketball game and he had a heart condition that no one knew about. And so he went to cardiac arrest on the basketball court. And uh, unfortunately that day I was there, I was with him, but I wasn't playing. I was injured, but I kind of wasn't injured. I was just being lazy. Like when I, in hindsight, I, I could have played in that game, but you know, 16, being a kid, it's the summertime. I was just one to just like hang out versus actually like play. And, you know, when he passed away, one of the th- things that, that helped with my grieving process was, was to understand that he died doing something that he loved. We were s- super close. Like people would mistake us for each other and grew up across the street from each other and spent a lot of time together. And so it was a very tumultuous time in my life, being 16 in high school, just trying to find my way and not being able to have that that person to sort of navigate with was really challenging. And so I did what I knew at that time to do was to find a way to commemorate him in some way. And it helped with my grieving process to to feel like he was always with me in some in some capacity. So my first tattoo was a friend of a friend knew somebody who did tattoos and it was a basketball with angels wings and his basketball number. And that was the beginning of my tattoo journey. And then when my parents found out, they took it really well, surprisingly well. They understood, you know, I I thought I was going to get in trouble and I did it. They really understood why I got what I got. And, and that's what I mean by I was liberating because at the, at that time I wasn't, I wouldn't, I would call myself shy in some ways. And I didn't find any outlets outside of sports to express myself. So that was the first sort of introduction, like, oh, I can express myself in this way. Like this tattoo was a reflection of a lived experience and how I wanted to express it, but it was very personal. It wasn't something that was quote unquote public, right? And then that began my journey of navigating self-expression through body art. And now I'd say <laughs> I have uh, well, uh, Dr. J. Yeah, Dr. Yeah. J, first of all, I am so sorry for your loss to experience death and yeah. human fragility at yeah. such an early age. It had to be jarring. Usually we don't 
we go many more decades before we see that finality in front yeah. of us, so up close and personal. And I love how you honored your friend yeah. with the basketball, the number, with the wings. Thank you. What part of your body did you put that on? It was my right arm. Oh yeah. Is it still there today? Yes, still there today. Oh, I, I built a whole sleeve around it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that's a beautiful origin story. And you'd be surprised how many people I'm interviewing here who began their <laughs> ink story before it was really legal or they had to get their parents' permission. <laughs> it's turning into a common theme. And mm. so were you nervous the first time the needles hit your arm or were you so on purpose that it wasn't about that? No, it, it really wasn't about that. My whole thing was just like, I just wanted to look good. That that was my whole thing. Like, I don't know if this this artist is is talented. You know, I, it was we were all young. So I was just keeping my fingers crossed that it would come out okay. So tell us now what led you to your next tattoo and let listeners know right off the bat where your tattoos are located or maybe where they're not. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, uh, there's more that's covered than not. I'll say the biggest pieces of my body that there is no tattoos is my back and my stomach. Everywhere else pretty much is covered. I have my complete chest is it, um, has body art on it. My I have two arm sleeves that has body art, as well as from my hip all the way down to my ankles, two leg sleeves. It really was my story. If I look back at my tattoos now, it's almost in a lot of ways a timeline of like where I was in my life at that time. After I got the tattoo of my friend, his name is Brandon. After I got Brandon's tattoo, I continued on and put what I call my life's journey on my sleeve. So it's all the things that were really close to me at that time in my life. So I have a camera, a old school film camera on my arm. I have some family tribal markings on my arm, as well as a lion, because I love lions and you know, my ancestry from Africa. Right. So that was really important to me. Dr. J, yeah. what was the significance of the camera? I love to tell stories through film and I love taking pictures and capturing yeah. moments through images. And so for me, paying homage to the first camera ever made is just like, imagine if we never had cameras, like how many moments would we forget if we didn't, if somebody didn't capture it, right? And because before then it was drawings on caves or paintings or written work. And so the camera just, I feel like just changed the game as far as memories are concerned and expressing stories. So that was really important to me. And it was something I was really curious and passionate about at that time in my life. I was in my early twenties when I got that. And then it just sort of evolved from there. Dr. J, you started working on your chest. You're talking about some of the family tribal art. How did you know which designs to choose to share. Yeah, I understand the camera and the lion and, and all of that. Mm -hmm. But as you start to move through your body, I know from some of the images I've seen on your legs, it feels almost indigenous, the mm -hmm. and tribal in the artwork. Talk a little bit about what's what you have permanently inked on the lower half of your body. It was a combination of me and who I believe is one of the best body artists in the world. His name is Koa out of Cambridge Skin Art Studio. Shout out to Koa and his brilliant, brilliant creative mind. It was a collaboration. I went to him and I'm a huge fan of Samoan tribal designs and I just like the way it looks. Right. I just love the the way the lines go and the symmetry and the ebb and flow on a body and how it all looks. And 
he fused his own sort of artistic style with the Samoan tribal traditional work. And we kind of fused it together to create my leg sleeves. So it's not 100% accurate in terms of the tribal markings, but it's inspired by their style. Um, mixed in with his own sort of free hands, freestyle work. And I've even bumped into folks from Samoa and they have complimented the work. It's like, it's beautiful. And they could tell I'm not Samoan. I genuinely love the creativity and the culture of the body art community that you got. And they're like, isn't it amazing? And they pull up their sleeve and, you know, it's a, it's a connection point there. When you're looking down at your leg sleeves, what does it conjure up for you? How does that inspire you for your work in the world? F freedom, you know, for me, it's such a, uh, freedom is such a uh, elusive word and feeling because I think freedom means different things for different people. And coming up how I came up and just living, you know, let's be frank, you know, in a black body, there is a lot of barriers and for lack of better words, dismissal of presence. It's kind of like a catch-22. You're hyper-targeted, but then you're also feel invisible in a lot of ways. And so I'm finding a way to express myself without being vocal was something that was very important to me. So having a piece of body art that can give you a glimpse into my style, what I'm interested in, regardless if we have a conversation, there's a perception when I walk into a room or when you see my body art, there's a perception that you have of me. And that's before I even open my mouth. And I hope that just like how you reached out and how we're having this conversation, that my body art inspires conversation. So that's the starting point of getting a chance to understand the person that's sitting next to you. And I think if we can continue to have that, like I said earlier about you know my work in social justice and creating empathy for students and all of us as a community, I think it starts with a conversation. And I think the body art is a great jump off point for that. Absolutely. It's storytelling at its best and it does ignite conversations. And I think that's what you've done, Dr. J, with your body art. Because, again, it's that dichotomy of, on the one hand, you're going to get pulled over for driving while black. And on the other hand, no one wants to really look you in the eye. And so now, you know, with the body art that's beautifully expressed on your body, you're going to get that curiosity. And I, it's my hope through this show that people become more emboldened to, to gently ask, would you be willing to share your ink story with me? So mm. I love, love, love that aspect of freedom, right? And the freedom to be you and the freedom to inspire connection. On your neck and on your chest, you have some beautiful designs. Talk a little bit about them and how they inspire you as well. Yeah. My favorite piece of all my pieces, because I have my most sentimental, then I have my most fun and, and my favorite, right? I have them in these categories. But my my favorite piece is the one that I have on my neck. It's a full neck piece. It goes all the way around and all the way up into the base of my, my cheekbones. It is a chakra. I'm not sure if you're familiar with chakras. I am um, very but... familiar with chakras. <laughs> Which and one? So, this is the Uda or the throat chakra. Yeah. And the inspiration behind that was its meaning that your throat chakra is inspires energetically truth and originality. It represents freedom. 
of conversation, of speaking your truth and what you and how you see the world. And as we were just talking a minute ago about this idea that invisibility is something that many of us, particularly those in the margins, have to contend with. And so it's a reminder for me to always speak my truth, regardless of the room I'm in, regardless of how uncomfortable it feels, regardless of what I think the other person is thinking on the other end. It's a reminder for me that I have to stick to my truth by any means. And hopefully, if I can continue to be uncomfortable and to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, I can inspire somebody else that engages with me to speak their truth as well. And at that point, we can make a small ripple to make the world a better place. Because if you're speaking your truth and I'm speaking my truth, we can have a deeper understanding of who we are as individuals and humans. And more often than not, we recognize that the person on the other end has more similarities to us than different. And I think having that understanding that we are more alike then we are different regardless of gender, regardless of identity, regardless of race, all of the social, all of those things. Those are all real things. However, however, if we make a list, you will find that you have way more in common with your neighbor or with the stranger that you bump into than, than not. And if we can have that and embrace that, I think a world will be a better place. And I try to do my part in, in making it a better place. Oh my gosh. Folks who know me, I've got the clappers out here going. (laughs) That was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And so important that we shift our focus from what makes us different to what we have in common, because we're all on this human journey, no matter race, religion, sexual identity, it doesn't matter. We are going through the same stuff every day and feeling and experiencing so much of the same challenges, adversities, and heartwarming moments, love of pets, you know, love of literature or movies, of activism, social justice, whatever. Oh, thank you, Dr. J. That is so wonderful. Do you think you'll be getting any more tattoos or are you feeling complete? No, I'm going to get some, I'm, I'm not sure what I'm going to get yet, but my back piece is my next piece that I'm really looking forward to getting. And I think once that's complete, it'll connect to my leg sleeves. It'll connect to my neck and um, arm sleeves. Once I finish that masterpiece, which I know it'll be a masterpiece, then I'll be, I'll be done. I'll be done. <laughs> I love it. A masterpiece. And listeners, please be sure to hop into the comments either on the website, yourinkstory.com or over on Instagram. Tell me your ink story or wherever you're tuning in to the podcast or feel free to tap that mic in the lower right-hand screen on the website and leave your thoughts because Dr. J has delivered some amazing gems around (laughs) tattoos today and we'd love to get your feedback as well. And you talked about walking into the room and sort of setting the tone with your body art. How do folks respond when they see your body art? That's a great question. I have fun with it because it swings. There's very little people who are in the middle of it that I notice. 
There's very few people in the middle. Either people are like, what? And their face is scrunched. Like, that's too much. That's a lot. Or on the other end, people like, oh my gosh, that's like so beautiful. Can you tell me more? I get that. Did it hurt? You, you know, that, that, that type of thing. And so I'll give you an example. I work in higher ed. I'm a full-time faculty member. And the first week of class, I come in, it's still September. So it's still pretty warm out. I go into my class with shorts and a t-shirt. And so do my students who don't know me, they're just, they just see on the syllabus, Dr. J, Dr. J Williams, da, 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 class, such and such time. And so they have this perception of who I am, particularly those students who've never taken any of my classes. And then I walk in and I can see, visibly see the surprise <laughs> on their face. Like what, what? Oh, this is, a, this is a lot. This is a lot. And I do that intentionally because I do think that there is a certain perception of what an educator looks like or what professionalism looks like or what somebody who's here to teach you something, how they should look. And I like playing the bias game. I like playing the prejudice game. I like playing the preconceived notion game, like of never judge a book by its cover, right? And often the students appreciate it as we get into the semester and in the night, you know, I wear my professional attire, right? Shirt and tie, like that, that kind of stuff. But they appreciate it because it's not to say that you're a different person. It's just different parts of you, right? And so there's a time and place for everything. But there's also creating a space to be transparent about the different dimensions of who you are, right? I'm sure you walk into spaces and you dress differently and for that environment and for that vibe. And then there's other places where you dress totally different, but it doesn't mean you're a different person. It's just a different side of you, That's right? right? And I think that's... To be able to see my body art, to be able to see me in a more, quote unquote, relaxed attire, I think it's fun for the students. I think they get to see something that they haven't saw before. So now when they leave my classroom and now when they've had that that learning experience with me on both ends, the next time they see somebody with body art covered in body art, they're thinking that I wonder what they do. I wonder what I could learn from them. I wonder what their story is. Right. rather than, oh my God, this is scary, or this is a threat, or this is like some gang member, or you, you know what I mean? There's a lot of tattoos over the years have traditionally had a negative connotation for a lot of people. Because it's that's not a, traditional. Yeah, and that's a perfect segue into my next question, which is what would you like to see change about the perception of tattoos? And mm-hmm. listeners, you know, you've seen some of the tattoos on Instagram or TikTok and they're, they can be pretty ferocious and pretty scary. We, those of us from the older generation, were raised where only sketchy sailors or somebody cut tattoos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now we have a huge population of folks getting tattoos, especially among the millennials and the Zeds. And so how would you like to see the perception of tattoos change, Dr. J? Um, into an expression of a self-expression and not necessarily identification with a particular group of people. I think that is a part of it. I think that there's a, there's an aspect of that for sure, but that's not the only thing. So just because someone has a tattoo doesn't necessarily mean they belong to some organization, whatever that organization is. Typically people see those organizations as quote unquote bad organizations, right? And sure, some of that is true, but that's not the only reason why people get body art. And so I think changing the perception of that it's a part of someone's life's journey, it's a part of someone's story. I think that that's the the hope that I that I get from it, Um, particularly if those tattoos have 
a sentimental value to the individual. Cause you know, there's some that be like, oh yeah, I got that when I was, when I was in college, I wasn't in the right state of mind. It was just a tattoo I regret, right? I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about those who are, who are really proud of their work. And to me, it's art. It really is. It, it absolutely really is. is. My acupuncturist, Dr. J, when I first met her, she had these words going up her body and I go, tell me about <laughs> Tell me about the words. And it was the last note her mother had sent her before she died. Mm. And so wow. she gets to have a touch point with her mom. And it was just a beautiful, they were just really heartfelt words. And I thought, wow, mm-hmm. there's just so many wonderful, wonderful stories that people are getting etched on their bodies, but they're so important. And I just love how they inspire connection and ignite conversations and I love how you have embodied your life, your purpose, and your ability to create change and move folks and inspire deeper connection, not only with how you be in the world, Dr. J, but through your beautiful body art. Thank you. Thank you. I I just love it. And, And what I especially love in our conversation today is how Not only did you share your beautiful ink stories with us, but I'm so grateful for your inspirational insights (laughs) about the art of tattoos and the heart behind your tattoos. Listeners, you've got to follow the podcast over on Instagram at Tell Me Your Ink Story. I will have images of Dr. J's beautiful seriously gorgeous, breathtaking, stop you in your tracks. I want to know more (laughs) (laughs) artwork. And I know that just click on the link to find out more about Dr. J, how he moves in the world, because you're going to want to follow him and be inspired by him from now on. Dr. J, thank you for helping us connect more deeply with each other. I'm so grateful for your time on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Your Ink Story. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you are tuning in. And if this episode inspired you, please share it so we can all feel more connected through our common humanity and lived experiences. If you or someone you know would like to share a meaningful ink story on the podcast, please send me an email, andy at yourinkstory.com, along with a brief description. Feel free to share your thoughts about this episode via a voicemail message by visiting yourinkstory.com. And when you get to the website, just tap the podcast mic icon located in the lower right-hand corner of the screen and leave your message. Until next time, I'm wishing you a delicious day everywhere you glow. Cheers!